Bobby, did you know that it's Live Nation's concert week and from now through May 14th, you can get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows? I did know because Live Nation sent us a list of all of the concerts and I'm obsessed because I'm definitely going to see some of these people. Well, you can get up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, including Alanis Morissette, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson. Who else am I seeing? Lainey Wilson. Peso Pluma and Sarah McLaughlin like back to back. That's fun. Megan Trainer then Peso Pluma, then Sarah McLaughlin, and have us the summer of my life. So grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Katie Keene on Thursdays at 8, 7 central or stream free the next day on The CW app. I feel like we've been through so much with Lucy Hale. You mean Katie Keene? No, I mean Lucy Hale. She's practically canon. You will drain her. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. I feel disgusting. I <laughs> I, I woke up and my first thought when I woke up was <laughs> my first thought when I woke up was too much dessert. <laughs> I know. I ate so much sugar last night in I my ate, anxiety, Oscar's anxiety. I ate way too much sugar and then I like couldn't get to sleep. And no, my stomach was like, Ooh. you couldn't get to sleep because you were giggling at the Milano's campaign, which worked on you <laughs> like a dream. So someone, whoever is in charge in the Milano cookie social media empire, I'm hell. not sure. <laughs> they really should go straight to hell. Um, or go to the basement in Parasite, they decided that they were going to, in real time, get a cookie decorator or someone. I'm assuming, th- I mean, they were, they were good. Like, they but were they weren't meant to, good, they but weren't, they didn't make any sense. They weren't meant for this world. Like, they were okay. good in a technical sense, but I didn't enjoy looking did, at them. What they did, they said, <laughs> okay, follow us. They were like, follow us on Twitter. And as we watch the Oscars, we will put the most iconic outfits onto Milano cookies. If you're asking why, there is no answer. <laughs> there is no answer. And if you're and asking, hashtag was best dress does cookies. it look good when you draw a dress on a Milano cookie? The answer is no. It always looks bad. There's not one thing that looks good about that. And if you're also asking, wait, I didn't think you were supposed to ice Milano cookies. Are you supposed to ice Milano cookies? The answer is no. No one's ever done right. this before. They're not suggesting you ice Milano cookies, nor should they be iced. And the thing about Milano cookies, which I feel like you'll agree with, is like the Milano cookie is so beloved and perfect because it's like the Simple, perfect amount of plain, frosting, you know? Dippable. Yeah. It's we, mostly it's not the short wearing brand. an ugly Oscars dress. Like I don't want all that fondant on my thing. I don't want like Billy Porter's Oscars outfit on my Milano cookie. It said on February 9th, we're getting our cookies red carpet ready. Make sure yours are too. Decorate your Milano cookies and post them with hashtag best dress cookies. They look good. They did the Natalie Portman thing. They did Billy Porter. They did everyone who like wore anything notable. It looked crazy. There weren't really that many notable looks or there were notable looks, but not like really, really far outside the box to... to no swan, no Bjork swan, no stuff like that. But everybody looked good for the most part. No one else did this. I am scrolling through the hashtag and no No one actually decorated person, their Milano. No one without a financial stake in the Milano empire or Pepperidge Farm did this. No one did this. There's going to be some... One person said, my cookies are always best dressed, always red carpet ready. And someone just, it's like they dipped their Milanos in chocolate and sprinkled them with crushed peppermint. Well, it's that like, that's... sounds delicious. <laughs> they also dipped Oreos in chocolate and crushed peppermint. Okay, what crushed peppermint. other, like, can we move on from the you mean That wasn't the biggest story of the night? That wasn't the biggest story of the night? So what was Pepperidge the biggest story? cookies? <laughs> they stole the conversation. Okay, uh, what? Bong won four Oscars. Yeah, uh, Parasite. Parasite them. Basically swept. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's Oscars time. were good. Yeah, it's time to see it. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Oscars were good, but it ended on a good note, so it felt like a good night. 
Right. It ended so there were they it Parasite won and every time it won again, it was like, it won again, yay, this is gonna be its last one. Oh, it won again, yay, it's gonna be the, this right. is gonna be its last one. And then it won the big one, and then we were all happy, and then we all forgot that it was ever awkward because it was very awkward. Janelle Monet's opening was ridiculous. I mean ridiculous. Just not not even her best ability, I think. Like just no. very silly and i also think that the the days of the musical montage the the the, uh, the montage where you refer to people there and stuff in the show that's a tough thing to pull off i mean just because billy crystal can do it i don't know if i don't know if anyone can do else can do and it and could do it could do it is like it, it exists better in our memory than it does in real life i don't know if you read uh richard's recap of the tw- 2000 Oscars on Vanity Fair. Richard Lawson's recap. It's like, yikes. Why did we ever laugh at those things? But the thing is, like, Janelle Monae is a funny person. She is one of uh, entertainment's truest multi-hyphenates. She is great at I'm all thinking of those of, things. Though, but I'm even thinking of, like, Alicia Keys at the Grammys did the same shit. And it was weird. I, I, It was weird. The, like, singing about the people and looking at them, referring to the movies yeah. and looking at them. It also really bugged me, and I think it bugged other people who like movies, that the people on the stage who were dancing behind Janelle Monet were dressed up in things from movies that weren't even nominated. So, like, yeah. sorry you can't show, like, a Jojo Rabbit costume or a 1917 costume up there yeah. for reasons that I'll let you figure out. But to have, like... I mean, Somar and, like, Queen and Slim, like, movies that were actually kind of robbed, like, up there, kind of rude. Yeah. Silly and it's like, and oh, we didn't nominate any black people in acting awards, but let's put Janelle Monae and Billy Porter up here to sing a little bit at the beginning. Right. And like, then it, it basically a... introduce Steve Martin and Chris Rock, who did the typical Oscars opening, which is just, like, kind of a little roast. It would have been fine with just that. It would have been fine with just yeah. that. Although, but again, it's like, can't really complain too much about these Oscars. Because of Parasite. Parasite blinds you to everything else. And also, they didn't run super long. They ran, they ran long. They didn't. And there's always, like, because there's a producer who's producing it as a show that he wants to, like, win an Emmy, essentially, they have mm-hmm. to add in those flourishes that I think we always say take up too much time. Like, the m mm-hmm. M&M, the surprise m M&M performance, what? which, like, what? was insane. What? But... It needs to have flourish so that it's a show. It's a show, a variety show, not just yeah. people giving out awards. You know, because the songs aren't enough. I think the tone of Janelle's thing was very strange. Like it was like almost too earnest. I thought she was about to do a parody thing when she walked on and did her "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood," but no, I was, it was like, like the movies, cinema. Yeah. And and the Oscars does that a lot, which is fine. Like I love the like montages. I love that shit. I I, I eat it up. But I also think that like. The parodies can be fun if they're done well. I don't really know if they've ever been done super well before. And if anyone could do them well, maybe Janelle Monae could. But instead, they were like, no, do this really earnest Oscar song. Well, do you think it was like they pair the earnest Oscar song with like very kind of dark jokes about how bad the Oscars are historically mm-hmm. in, as an institution? So like, oh, well, we'll like we'll even out this. So we'll have a little of both for all audiences, which, mm-hmm. okay, I yeah. you can't argue against that. That makes total sense. But it's also Thank just God. hard to watch all the way through because you're just like, mm-hmm. what tone are we in? It's good that Janelle Monae's was first because I honestly forgot about it until we were complaining about it just now. I know. It, it melted. It melted away. Fine. Also, she was best dressed. So The other thing the Oscars did that are relevant to us, well, I was talking to Bobby about this before and I said – did any who's win any of the major categories? And I don't mean all like the categories that were nonce. I mean just actor and best supporting actor because those are the ones where the who's can kind of break through and like be like yeah. me, you know, like a Rami Malik yeah, or like, like a Brie Larson, like me. <laughs> Everyone who won a technical award is a who. So like let's not even open up let's that can not of worms. Even. But I meant did that any any not did any who's win acting awards? And the answer is no. no. It's a really it was a no. really A list list of winners you know you had joaquin laura dern um who else uh joaquin's speech was a who renee zellweger renee zellweger's speech was a who and um who was the fourth who am i think um oh joaquin renee Joaquin, renee brad pitt and laura dern 
But let's talk about the most important thing to us, which was that the Oscars introduced a new way of introducing people, which was to get Hollywood's biggest who's introducing Hollywood's biggest thems, and it resulted in the strangest couplets of inter like introduction couplets. Welcome back to the Oscars. I'm Beanie Feldstein. Right, but once you got used to it, didn't you think it was kind of nice? It's a good way to shove more people like into passing the show. Passing a baton. Because yeah. there aren't that many awards they they present on TV. So you're like, let's double it up in a way that is a little bit more creative than just shoving five people on stage, you know, to do a bit with mm -hmm. five people. It felt a little weird, but I guess it makes sense. Because I bet people are like, who is this woman? It's Beanie Feldstein. Well, like, you also who is this had... man? It's George McKay. We're back at the Oscars. I'm Kelly Marie Tran. And with me is Questlove. You had Beanie Feldstein introducing Mindy Kaling. So there is like a connection there. A little bit of a contextual connection you had anthony ramos from Hamil hamilton introducing lin-manuel miranda so like a connection his friend hello everyone i'm anthony ramos and uh oh thanks wow thanks and uh and this is my first time at the oscars yeah so that's pretty dope you had mm -hmm. george mckay introducing his fellow brit olivia coleman right yeah welcome back I'm George Mackay, and I'm hanging up here in the balcony. Is everyone having a good time? Yeah. Well, uh, we're coming to the final three awards of the evening, and time is of the essence, which is why I'm here to introduce myself before introducing someone else, who will in turn introduce someone else. So uh, please welcome acting royalty, the truly brilliant and wonderful Academy Award winner, Olivia Coleman. So, you ha so they tried to do kind of this my mentor or my my inspiration my predecessor whatever something like that i didn't hate it zazie beats the introduced that though the orchestra leader who like was a, a brief little meme right <laughs> i loved her kelly marie tran introduced keanu and diane keaton which was a fun moment even though it it was it was more fun in theory than it theory than it was in execution or in practice it was fun it was fun dan keaton just can't get it together <laughs> Okay, and so the, um, the Oscar, it goes to, oh, oh my God, why don't you read this? I oh, think it's right. exciting. Right? I think she, she must be kind of uncomfortable up there, and so is Keanu. Like, it's two uncomfortable people. Yeah, it was great, honestly. Nancy Myers uh, took a picture of her own TV and Instagrammed it and was like, they're still together. Wait, she did? <laughs> yeah, they're back together. She played along. Oh, that's fun. I liked the who them thing. It was jarring to see Beanie Feldstein started off by saying, hi, I'm Beanie Feldstein. But then it made sense as each went on for them to introduce themselves because nobody was introducing them, you know, and yeah. people didn't know who they were. So you had this moment of like, hi, I'm Anthony Ramos I it's from okay Hamilton if you or whatever. Don't know who, it's okay if you don't know who George McKay is. No, even if you watched that movie and loved it, you, it's okay to not know who that guy is. One of the guys. He's the guy who. Oh, is that a spoiler? <laughs> He's. It's fine. Spoiling 1917 is not like something I'm going to worry about on this War podcast. War is hell. Okay, people die. War is hell. Some people live, some people die. There was a really good Daily Mail thing where it was like. Because the Daily Mail, we quote the Daily Mail all the time, but at the end of the day, they're like a terribly conservative newspaper. Yes. Borderline propagandists. But they did the thing where, you know, we talk about the thing where it's like. If you want to find, if you have an idea for a story and you don't want to say that it's your opinion, you can just say people are saying it and then you can share some tweets. Sure. And they did an iconic version of this. And I'm trying to find the actual thing, but it was like, people are furious that 1917 was snubbed for best picture. And they found like the few Brits who were like, how dare they not give Sam Mendes the Oscar? In the and office, it's like, in the office yeah. of the Daily Mail, all these Brits are like, how do we write about be people being mad about 1917 being snubbed? Yeah. And so that's what they did. And ultimately, everyone was thrilled by Parasite winning. It's fine. Thrilled. Jane thrilled. Fonda had a great pause where she was like, and the Oscar goes to beep, 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 Parasite. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. She's a performer. She knew. The only thing that disappointed me a little bit, if I had to have a complaint about the Parasite thing, mm -hmm. is that 
it won mostly as an ensemble and mm-hmm. none of the actors were at all recognized and it's so strange to me that a film and maybe this is because we're not there yet a film that can sweep like that has no nods to any of the actors in the movie at all as if it was some sort of like you know oh well they're all lumped in with parasite as a as a whole with the director as a whole like mm-hmm. i would just say that's somewhat unprecedented and and if it was an american film that had so many nominations you know the actors yeah. would have gotten some of those nominations oh yeah but i mean like most americans barely have any idea that have never seen a korean film so it's I know. like i know it's like they don't even know. It's not like a, a an, if if an American ensemble film had one where it's like you are vaguely familiar with these people, but it's like most of America has not seen a single Korean film. So how are you going to introduce them to all these people? And yeah, it sucks. No, because, totally. And on and and not every, and and per certain performances were better than other performances. So it's like there were performances that deserved to be winning from Parasite. But I just wish that they had given that sucks a nomination to one of the many people in that cast the big performers of parasite i've heard this they're george clooney like the one of the biggest actors in korea is kang ho song who is the dad but then there was jessica jessica was sodan park sodan park i feel like has been she's gotten some good coverage though she's gotten some good press yeah people love her people love the i mean she's she's the she's the major meme she's the major meme jessica yeah jessica what it's jessica only child. Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> the biggest is Sharon Choi, the translator who's been with Bong and the rest of the Parasite team for months and months and months. Yeah. She's now an icon and legend who is <laughs> who is the moment. Right? She is, I, right? She's I, an icon and I'm legend. I'm just going to let moment. you say that and pretend like it's not sanctioned by this podcast. She's got a point. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she is the moment. Now, come on now. And then uh, Mickey Lee, who was the producer who spoke at the tail end of the Parasite Best Picture win. I really, really, really want to thank our Korean film audience, our moviegoers, who's been really supporting all our movies and never hesitated to give us straightforward opinion on what they feel like their movies. Right, and she's interesting because she's literally a billionaire who um, <laughs> is the number one. She's the number one, essentially, patron of the arts of in Korea. Uh, she works with DreamWorks and basically has released like fifty percent of the top ten movies in Korea over the past like ten years or something. Mm-hmm. She is from the Samsung. Her grandfather founded this like her, her grandfather founded this like company called CJ, which was like a part of Samsung. So it was just like enormous. And now CJ is not a part of Samsung anymore, but it's still like an enormous company that just does everything. It's, it's just called, like a company. Uh, it's called CJ. What is what is the full name of CJ Group? So she owns this company called it's a CJ conglomerate Group. holding company. They own She's a bunch president. of bullshit. They Vice all chairman. and they own ten percent of distribution, DreamWorks distribution rights in Asia, excluding Japan. Specific but important. And through that she has been able to not only invest in all of Bong's movies, basically like Snowpiercer and Memories of a Murder. Host, and, but yeah. She did she's she's become she's grown to do that. But she's just like She's a patron of Korean entertainment, and that's from music to yeah. television to film. That is what her that is what her thing is. That's how so she spends her money, and she lives is, in Orange County. That <laughs> is why they let her talk because she is the person who is propping up the entertainment industry in in Korea. Thank you. I, I will drink until next morning. Thank you. Okay, we've spent so long talking about the Oscars. We have not talked about John Peters breaking up with Pamela Anderson over text. An important, 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 important I hate update. that this story is like now... I hate when a story bleeds onto Should've more known. than two episodes of this podcast. <laughs> so the three biggest revelations. Number one, they were never even married. Of course they, they weren't. The of course they weren't. Okay? They were never married. So this ne- all this really doesn't even count. This really doesn't count because they were never legally married. 
That's Whenever part somebody one. gets married, we need to demand the papers. Not to be that person, but I, I need to see some legal documentation of this marriage. Like, papers, please, but in a good way. I mean, in a good <laughs> papers, way. Papers, please, but not like that. Just because I'm sick of celebrities not getting fake-ass married and then breaking up and being like, well, they really, they really weren't even married. They just went to the same Taco Bell and held hands. It's like, that is not getting married. The second thing is that their relationship was supposed to be just lunch, apparently. We found out that Wait, their she had, whole she, relationship was well. Their marriage. They were in. They were in. She was in India getting this, getting this cleanse, oh, which she is was... extremely like it's like a days long. So uh, she got long a cleanse. psychedelic based cleanse. So she must have been all crazy so feeling. She got back from her cleanse, which is a, like you eat certain things and you do like a very specific kind of meditation and yoga for 30 days and then you it's like, you know, isolation and blah blah blah. It's like depriving yourselves of some things and then like doing a lot of other things. And so she returns to America and then John Peters is like want to get lunch and then she's like sure I'll get lunch and then they're like engaged by the end of lunch. And then the final thing to know about this is that he broke up with her over a text message and the text, quote, described their beautiful, amazing love fest, but read, quote, this is according to page six, obviously, this whole marriage thing, dot, 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 has scared me. It made me realize that at 74, I need a simple, quiet life and not an international love affair. Therefore, I think the best thing we can do is that I'm going to go away for a couple of days and maybe you need to go back up to Canada. We did it. The world knows we did it. And I think now we need to go our own separate ways. I hope you can forgive me. What? I, that's it's gibberish it's exactly the kind of text john peters would send imagine like seeing those bubbles for as long as it took john peters to type that out and being like what's he gonna type <laughs> and it's been 15 minutes it's so weird to me in. because tell me why it's weird. not like they just it's not like there were just reports of them at some chapel and they got married they were both released significant statements to the press she had a poem he wrote a kind of semi-insulting note about her. It just felt like there was pomp and circumstance to this marriage. It wasn't just Britney Spears at Vegas and in for one for 24 hours, you know, that felt like this type of marriage. This felt like a thing. Mm-hmm. It felt real. It it really did. And I'm that's why I'm so confused that like, oh, it was just supposed to be lunch or oh, they broke up over text message. It's like not by the way that you talked about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Whatever. As if I'm also kind of like I don't care because okay, care we're never going to talk about them again. Thank you. We need to move on again. I hate this. What you did, I hate. Should it. I? Do I not? Do you not care about the tale of two Sierras? Bobby wrote a tale of two Sierras and then put live storm sierra britain faces storm of the century as winds of up to 100 miles hit and then sierra bundles up her bump in silky mustard <laughs> coat as she clings to her dashing husband russell wilson for a date night in la and it's like here comes the storm of the century she's bundled up her bump in a silky mustard yellow coat it's time for we need a mute we need we need a music cue it's it's time for the most markless and whatever the most like, markless headline record scratch dun, 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 dun. you know like some kind of <laughs> like it's the it's british mu- it's like fancy british music and then like record scratch and then like what is the deal or no deal theme song i don't know and then it's and then it's like record scratch megan trainer being like um, oh yeah if i was you yeah. i wanted to be me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's it Just i gotta make it i gotta make that the worst megan trainer the worst noises yeah. Just the worst noises. Yeah. It's like noises yeah. that are worse than your alarm noise. Right. Ugh. And my alarm noise is WNYC talking about coronavirus recently. And so <laughs> I got to change it up. If I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me what is the national animal of England? Am I supposed to know that? Nominee one, Daily Mail. Meghan Markle will not appear in Jessica Mulroney's Netflix show about second weddings, insists producers, and palace after post-Mexit job rumors. Okay? Post-Mexit job rumors. <laughs> Gone Hollywood, Meghan and Harry have double date with Jenny Lowe and A-Rod. <laughs> Good one, right? That's Radar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another Daily Mail, 
Queen asks Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to pause their new lifestyle to attend annual Commonwealth service at Westminster Abbey in final round of royal engagements. Okay. Um, that's This is Metro, probably? Okay. Um, yep. Hair to the throne. Balding Prince Harry visits a hair loss clinic for thickening treatments in London's Mayfair. And to those of you who say that's not Markleless, that's a Harry thing. What's his is hers and what's hers is his. So this counts as Markleless. They're married, okay? <laughs> He's also Markleless by extension. I read all of them. You pick the winner. I think the winner, unfortunately, has to be... Meghan Markle will not appear on Jessica Mulroney's Netflix show about second weddings and says producers and palace after both Megxit job rumors because that is part of a longer thread of headlines that were like Meghan Markle to appear on Netflix show. And I was like, no, she's not. And then all of a sudden it was like Meghan Markle to not appear on Netflix. And I was like, bingo. Uh, she's not going to go, go on a Netflix show because her friend hosts it in Canada about second weddings. Come on. <laughs> I know that it's easy to make the joke or observation where it's like, imagine reading this headline like five years ago and like knowing what it meant. But truly, imagine reading this five years ago because we <laughs> would vaguely know who Meghan Markle is, maybe. Megxit would make no sense. There's Megxit. no bre- there's no Brexit yet. Right. Netflix shows were sort of in their late infancy. They right. were toddlers. You're missing every piece of context. You're like, what? Okay. Congratulations to that headline. Good job. What is the national animal of England? Am I supposed to know that? Wait. God, can I read can I read the the great tweet from a few days ago? I'm sorry. I just Yeah, need to read, read it. it. Where it's like me 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 gay 28. Oh my god. Have you heard the new Pussycat doll, doll song? I'm literally going to bop to it all night at the club. My straight friend 29. Oh yeah. I literally just had a baby. Do you want to meet it or something like that? What was it? <laughs> I'm completely ruining the meme. Cut that. From no, the no, 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 okay. no, no, no. You got that right. That was correct. Also, have you? That was pretty close. Also, right? have you heard the new Pussycat Doll song? It's nuts. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you say good, I'm gonna reach through the phone. <laughs> no, it's nuts. Every time I leave, you pull me closer. I hang up the phone, you call me back Why don't you mess me around like you're supposed to You're turning me cool cause I'm just wanting you to react Okay, first of all, that's extremely Eurovision. Second of all, why is the Pussycat Dolls not just Nicole Scherzinger? Like, the other ones aren't doing anything. <laughs> right. That actually has been the problem from the start because the Pussycat Dolls <laughs> were a dance group that decided to release a song. And then Nicole Scherzinger, her most, she was stuck with these women because she became more famous for Pussycat Dolls than herself. Right? This is like a group project where it's like, my, my, the other people in my group project aren't doing any of the work and you oh all get the you 95. You know when that happens where you do the group project and you do everything and everyone's and doing And you all thing. get the 95 and everyone's like, mm, and you get the presentation and I'm they sorry. don't do anything. No offense, but 95 is generous. You all get like, you know, 80, you get like a B plus. I would have gotten a 95. No, not you. Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> I know you would have gotten a 95 fucking over. I thought you were saying I like you I got a 95. Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> Nicole Nicole Scherzinger definitely got. She got a B for this. I've only heard half of it and I'm like give her a B. I'd like turn it off. I'd stop I'm stop grading the paper halfway through. I just like close it and write 85 on the front. Nicole's like guys, we have to finish this. Like Mr. Finger like he he will not accept a late. We have to finish this. This is an incredible comment from Soso on YouTube. Holy holy shit. I was just thinking about how iconic it would be if the Pussycat Dolls came back. <laughs> when you're walking down the street, I was, I'm, what are you thinking about how iconic it would be if the Pussycat Dolls came back? The great thing about the Pussycat Dolls, and I mean this genuinely, is that you can stand them without knowing a single word of their music. Like, I, I am thinking about how iconic it would be if they came back, and I don't really ever want but to listen to them again. But you do know their music. You Pussycat Dolls made some music that you can remember because it's so bad. I know bad. enough. I know enough of their music, but it's like I can want them. To, I can want them to 
have an iconic comeback without ever wanting to listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's okay. Now I've got a confession. Ha 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 ha. When I was young, I wanted attention. Ha 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 ha. I promised myself that I'd do anything. Ha 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 ha. Anything at all for them to notice me. Ha 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 ha. Okay, it's time to talk about Lucy Hale, but in a very sponsored way. This is a sponsored segment. I'm going to say this loudly. It's a sponsored segment. I'm proud of this sponsored we'll just, segment. Why? Because we're we talking about another Lucy Hale show. getting the big account, which is now Lucy Hale. Well, the big account used to just be CW, but now we've realized the big account is just specifically Lucy Whenever Hale. Whenever Lucy Hale is like, guys, I'm back. I'm like, great. You know what? We have so much to talk about with you because mm-hmm. we've been through so much together, us and Lucy Hale. Through her journey. We've talked about life sentence. We've talked about her Kylina spawn. We talked about Pretty Little Liars at one point, I'm sure. We didn't do spawn for Pretty Little Liars, but we talked about Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, well, that was a different channel. But Lucy Hale. The big account is CW. She's getting the work. Well, I think this is the bit. Lucy Hale's 1,000th big break. It's coming right now. And it's because it's in the Riverdale universe. The Riverdale universe, a show that we did talk about that I still do watch. It's off its rockers. Is you're still yeah, watching it? Yeah, it's good. It's spinning off mm. its character, specifically Josie McCoy of Josie and the Pussycats. She is mm-hmm. moving, but it's like in it's like a time jump. Yes, she, well, she's moving to New York, big city, which we all mm-hmm. also have experience with because we live here currently. Mm-hmm. And she is meeting up with none other than Lucy Hale as Katie Keene. She becomes roommates with Lucy Hale as Katie Keene and their roommate, who plays what's his name, Ginger, a drag queen named, named Ginger. Ginger. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty New York. It's a New York show. I would say the f- the fifth ca- the fifth character is the city. You know, they say that the fifth character is New York. It's the fifth. It's the fifth character at this table or whatever. It's like <laughs> um. It's like Sex in the yeah. City. It's like Fame. It's all three of these people are trying to uh, achieve their goals in like arts, the arts, so are, creative. Well, so fields. are we. You know, we can relate. I can relate to Katie Keene. I can relate to Jorge. I can relate to Josie. Katie works in a, a department store. I love the thing when they have to make up a fate department store name for a thing. So it's like, it's not called Macy's. It's called Lacey's. <laughs> but it's such a... That's, and she is a personal shopper. It's such a very like old New York trope. The like working in a department store and like loving it. You know, we barely have any oh. department stores left, let alone like yeah. ones that you would love working in. But they're... You know how the economy glamorous. of Schitt's Creek makes no sense. Yeah. And it's like this town would right. never exist. And nothing about this show really makes sense and holds up to speculation. Katie Keene exists in a New York that is not real like that just like does not exist like people can work at department stores forever and like make a like amazing life for themselves but that's good i think that that's like the point you know it's it's a fantasy new york it's a fun economy that they're showing it's a fun economy it's an idealized it's an idealized version of the new york economy a new york that has not been consumed by the ultra rich it's like the version of new york that you wish it could show up like if they even play the taylor swift song at the beginning of it welcome Welcome to new york it's the idealized welcome to new york it's been the taylor swift song is the kate keen of songs like it's the idealized ver- it's like somebody who has been to new york a few times and is like wow taxi cab you know like that's so you know yeah right yes lucy hale oh she's from the lower east side i love to see when she's like yelling at the one girl and it's like i deserve this i'm from the upper east side and she's like bitch you're from westchester and she's like well you're from the lower east side you piece of trash and you're like whoa that's it's like okay. well okay this is really intense <laughs> katie keen is lucy hale a who or a them have we even decided? She's still a who, but like, is she ever going to be a them? Maybe Katie Keene will push her to the top. But don't we respect, don't we really like her to be a who? Like what if, I know what if because the then we couldn't the watch her Kylina ads in full. I would be mad. What if Ashley Murray, who plays Josie McCoy becomes the them of the show? Or what if the person who plays Jorge? I don't know. What if? What if the person who plays Jorge, uh, Johnny Beauchamp, that's a name that deserves I'm telling sex. you. Oh, are you watching Katie Keene? I love Johnny Beauchamp so like, as Jorge slash We don't need to... Also, that scene is absolutely an homage to no, Showgirls. No, of course it is. That had of to have been an homage to Showgirls. Of course it is. But the show is respects what it takes from. So it's got it's got drag queen stuff, but then it also has Shangela, the iconic drag queen who was in mm-hmm. A Star is Born and on RuPaul's Drag Race, obviously. And it's got... It's got fame and uh, it's got fame and rent stuff, and they have the original. Yeah, they have Daphne, Ruben Vega. They have Bernadette Peters. Like they are zooming in on this like New York thing, and they're they're not they're paying tribute, but they're also getting the real people who were there to come and like do a role. You know, the other funny thing is Lucien Laviscount, who was on Screen Queens, who plays somebody on this show. Who play? Who does he play on this show? I don't even know. Oh no, you know who she who he is. He's um. Who is he? 
He's the hunky billionaire. Son. Oh, so funny fact about who him. Who tries to get Josie a record deal and then, and then his sister's like, you're not good enough, bitch. And he she doesn't get for the record This deal. guy competed on the rebooted series of Celebrity Big Brother where he was involved in a love triangle with Amy Childs and Carrie Katona. That is crazy. That's really yeah. good. He, like there are great who's in this series is what I'm saying. This guy was on Celebrity Big Brother. You don't have to convince me that there are great who's in this series. A thing I like about this show is that if Riverdale is like super dark and strange and sort of insane, yeah. this is that but on the brighter oh, end of the Oh, it's so spectrum. bright. It also seems like this show, I can't speak to the other episodes because I've only seen the first one, but it seems like this show could get fully completely dera- completely fucking deranged, but in a fun way. I mean, it's not in like a death way. It's just like you're waiting for something to turn, but it never turns. It's just like a very positive fun inspiring show about like young people being creative in new york city she dates a guy named ko who wants to be a boxer (laughs) and he's like let's move to philadelphia and she's like but i love it in new york and then he's like well then i want to get married and she's like ko and we don't know if she's going to get married to him (laughs) wait his name's ko and he's a boxer like ko like the it took me forever to realize that that was a joke like like a boxing term (laughs) the boxing term ko and you know what the other thing is about this show everyone's hot what everyone's hot well, that's the CW's bread and butter. Lucy Hale is so quirky as Katie Keene. Katie Keene is like truly the funnest Riverdale adjacent character that's ever existed. Like she's fun. You know what I'm thinking about when it comes to Lucy Hale? You know what, what? I'm thinking about? It's that she needs she needs a cast of characters around her. To support her. She can be the lead, but she needs a series of great second lead vocalists. Which you I know think what she I mean? has in this show. She has it yeah. here. I think she's going to make it after all. Katie Keene and Lucy Hale. <laughs> She's going to make it after all, and you can watch her Thursdays at 8, 7 Central or stream free the next day on the CW app. Let's talk about The Bachelor. The Bachelor, I heard. I cannot I cannot uh, confirm because I didn't watch it all, but I heard that The Bachelor, probably the worst thing on television, was five hours last week of content. In the same night or spread across no, spread five across like, okay but spread across one week five hours of five bachelor content. hours yeah five yeah. hours yeah. a week yeah that's too much for that's too much of anything that's, that's too much of anything exactly even a show i love like my favorite shows in the world i don't want to watch that much of it i'm not watching the bachelor but i do uh we get whiffs of what's happening on that show if it's interesting and let me yeah. tell you what happened last week was Seasonal pretty who's. interesting okay because Interesting's a word for what happened last week. <laughs> interesting also could mean anything. So take that with a grain of salt. It's interesting because there's uh, there was a, and how I saw it was the blog post. Cosmopolitan.com posts this blog post. It's written by the editor-in-chief <laughs> whose name is Jessica Pels. She writes this letter that's like, and I'm reading this out of context. I don't watch The Bachelor. So I'm reading this being like, what the fuck happened on The Bachelor? <laughs> The blog was called Why We're this Not. This letter is <laughs> right. This letter is just like it's crazy. having to write a serious letter for your like insane publication that should not in any way be taken seriously by anyone. For people who like, and most of your readers probably have no idea what's going right. on. And it's defending just like, a deal you clearly didn't make and have nothing to do with. Like yes. So the blog post is called Why We're Not Publishing the Cosmo Bachelor Cover, and basically that. They wrote it because on The Bachelor this week, the girls did a Cosmo cover challenge in which I think they just wore bathing suits and posed for photos. But there's one person who really stood out from the rest of the group. We felt her personality come through. We felt how here she is for Peter. And so the person who will be on the cover of Cosmo with Peter is... Victoria F. It was also really funny because didn't they cover up, didn't they draw on their bathing suits for some of the TV viewers? (laughs) Yeah. It looked like the old, like when showgirls would be on VH1 and they like painted on clothes. Right. That's what it, that's the technology they use. So they do this contest on The Bachelor and this woman wins. Her name is Victoria F. And she wins the Cosmo digital cover contest, which is hilarious because she doesn't even get to be on the cover of Cosmo. She's on the cover of like a photo on the internet that says Cosmo on it, right? So congratulations to... No offense. Digital covers are like, they should not be called covers. Don't say that. Having once written a digital cover, I got to say that it should not have been called a cover. Don't say that. It should have been called a digital feature. But there is no cover if you can't have a cover of a digital thing. Don't 
alienate our fellow journalists, okay? I'm literally talking about semantics here. That's it. Okay, so Victoria F. wins this contest. Victoria F. is from Virginia Beach. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever seen a single woman on this show go through as much during her time on the show as Victoria F. She goes through everything. Everything that you could go through, she goes through on this show. And then it comes to light because every time the batch, you know, they didn't know this because they do no research and they don't give a shit, but it, the show airs and there are people online watching the show and they do whatever they do. They do their Googling and they find out that this woman, Victoria F., had modeled for a clothing line or a clothing company that in which she wore a shirt that said White Lives Matter, okay? That's nuts, but that's not even it. So it turns out that she's wearing a shirt that says White Lives Matter, but it's part of a campaign for overfishing Marlin, and it's part of an organization called Marlin Lives Matter, which, quote, focuses on preventing white and blue marlin from being overfished. They sell shirts that say white lives matter and blue lives matter. Okay, do you get why they would do that? It's like, quote unquote, funny, right? Yeah, you would only and you would only wear those shirts if you thought the Black Lives Matter movement was bullshit. You know, like you would only wear those shirts if you were making fun of what they were doing. Exactly. If you were making fun of how they originated. Like, you would not wear a White Lives Matter shirt if you sympathize with the Black Lives Matter cause. And they know that. We know that. We're not idiots. And there's also literally in these photos another dude wearing a Confederate flag, but instead of the stars, there's fish. So it's not like there is no evidence that this is not entirely about fish, okay? Right? Mm -hmm. This has little to nothing to do with actual fish. And if you Google Marlin Lives Matter, there's been write-ups about it, how they're purposefully using this terminology to provoke a reaction, right? Uh, They're trying to get people riled up about the fucking fish. The fucking fish. Mm-hmm. So she did that, and then Cosmo was like, <laughs> "We can't put her on the cover, the fake cover. We can't put her on our digital cover, right?" Uh, and the cover, the photo is gross. Like the wedding photo is gross because it's like it's not just her. It's it's not. I mean, they didn't show the actual final wedding photo cover, but they showed the clip of them taking the photo, and the photo is her and the bachelor, like holding each other and making out it's like disgusting the other funny thing about this which somebody had to tell me directly because obviously i don't watch the show was that this is the same girl who she had to admit to him that she had dated a country singer and i guess the bachelor brought the country singer on the show or something and they were like and she had dated him at some point before his name is chase rice again not a not a really famous country singer, but there's some mm-hmm. moment where she's like, "Cause like tonight for me, like everything was so amazing. Like the whole entire day was amazing, and like you're amazing. But the end part was like a little weird for me because like, like the concert. Mm-hmm. Why? So, um, Chase and I used to date, and like the singer Chase. Yeah, that was in the concert. Yeah. Wait, what? And he's like, hold on one second. And he's like, 619, who them? <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly, long time, long time. Uh, who is Chase Rice? Crunch, crunch. <laughs> Sorry, Eb. I had to make a phone call. <laughs> Bachelor, what's his name? Who was in that, honestly, and honestly, the best thing The Bachelor's ever done is that ghost parody they did. You do, That is not the best thing That is done. the funniest thing Bachelor's ever done. That commercial was funny let me tell you something every you... time it re- every time it repeated i was like this is funny i didn't see you laughing at that i was there. i didn't have to laugh out loud i was laughing in- inside and i was like that's a funny commercial <laughs> it's a funny commercial you're not laughing at that that's at a good concept all. you I weren't was even breaking privately. a smile i was laughing in my head okay i was laughing in my head all right that was a funny commercial all right all right all right uh, just how humiliating it must be for this woman, Jessica Pels, to be like taking a stand, and all the Cosmo readers are like, "What? What happened? Oh!" And then closing the tab. <laughs> Anyways, it's just a really uh, wild. Uh, and the thing is, moment. she could still win. Bachelor, whatever, could be like horny for you. You're my, you're my pick. I love you. And then they could get married. He's like, 
I picked her because she loves, as I do, blue and white lives, <laughs> as well as she, Marlon's. She loves blue and white Marlon. Do you want to be here? Yes. I mean, like, I would not be here if I didn't want to be. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to insult you. Mm-hmm. But like, this is getting so serious. Right. Exactly. For me. And I want to be able to feel that you feel just as confident about us. Okay. I don't know what to say. But listen, if if it's not the case, then. You need to be honest with yourself again and honestly. Okay, like I get it, Peter, and like I want to like get up right now mm-hmm. because I like literally like feel sick. Like I'm like gonna throw up. Moving on, this is from the Daily Mail. Australia Zoo denies report <laughs> that Bindi <laughs> Irwin's fiance Chandler Powell took a tumble near an angry crocodile <laughs> in the crocosium and was left shaken. Okay. I had to reverse engineer this because this is the first thing I saw. And I was like, what? And then it says, were you in the audience? Email tips at dailymail.com. So My kingdom for a screenshot of what that inbox looks like. <laughs> so the Daily Mail is soliciting tips from people who might have been there when Bindi Irwin's fiance Chandler might have fallen near an angry crocodile. <laughs> Or near a crocodile who maybe the crocodile was in a good mood. Yeah, maybe he was fine and this random guy just fell into his bullshit and was like, how dare you, you know? And guess what? This all goes back to fucking Woman's Day, the the shittiest publication in Australia. Australia's like, like, Woman's Day is filled with lies. It's really the trashiest thing. And it's crazy that it's called Woman's Day. Like, how dare you? Woman's Day. they're, it tries to legitim- they're trying to legitimize themselves. They're like, no, it's just a, a publication for women, but it's all fake. It's all fake. So the Australian Zoo literally put out a statement that said there's no truth to this article. And then you go mm-hmm. to Women's Day, which is the original report. It says, in a terrifying incident at the Irwin family's Crocosium in Australia on Australia Day, <laughs> Bindi's fiance Chandler Powell took a tumble into the water just meters from an angry croc. It was one of those heart-stopping moments, says an onlooker. Everyone knows croc can be can be on you in a split second. So Chandler was very lucky he scrambled out when he did. He looked very shaken up. So, like, that's mm-hmm. probably a total lie, no? I mean, it must be. But it was enough for Daily Mail and the Australia Zoo to clap back, as they say, to snap back like the jaws of an alligator or a crocodile. It's a crocodile. A crocodile. Sorry. If you forgot, Chandler Powell is Bindi Irwin's fiance who moved from like New Jersey or whatever he's from to go to Australia to like learn the family business, which is yeah. a dangerous business. Yeah. Well, right? that's that's what they're preying on here. They're like, wow, wouldn't it be tragic if oh Bindi Irwin's like right. fiance right. died in an animal attack too? Right. Like that's what they're doing here. It's so fucked they're like, up. Yeah, it's really messed up. They're like, oh wow, like imagine if the two most important men in her in her life died from like weird animal attacks. I would like that's yeah. what they're. He does on. need to be careful, but it is fucked up that they're they're kind of preying on that tragic angle in a weird way. Of course he needs yeah. to be careful, but this may not have even happened. <laughs> I know. Maybe he's very good with the Crocs and they love him a lot. Maybe someone else fell near the Croc Museum, Crocosium, who looks like him. But in that case, who knows what Chandler Powell looks like? Good point. Remember their engagement photos were just a snake with a ring? That's what he looks yeah. like. <laughs> Presley Gerber got a face tat. And so when I got the notification about this, I believe it was in an Us Weekly newsletter. In my mind, I was like, okay, so Presley Gerber got a tattoo kind of near where Rita got that tattoo. You know, like she got a little under ta- your got a tattoo eye. under his neck. I was just like, oh, he got a little tattoo. No, it's on big. the face. It's on the face. I clicked the photo and I was like, oh my God. It's, it's under, under the, the eye. eye. It says misunderstood. What did your mom think? My mom, she she likes it. She thinks it's, um, she's supportive. I don't know. Like, what does she think? Like, what is, like, what do you mean? It's like, it's my shit. It's my face. Here's my argument. If you put the word misunderstood on your face, if you tattoo the word misunderstood on your face, you will never be understood. Never in your life will you ever be understood. You just sealed the deal that you will never be understood. Really? That's what I think. Yeah. Because you're like setting yourself up to be misunderstood. You're setting yourself for being misunderstood forever. Okay. 
You're so, when you are that aggressively misunderstood, you don't want to be understood. You don't want to be understood. Weirdly, he's not the only person who, who got a face tat in the news this week. Meanwhile, where are the photos of Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber like freaking out over this face tattoo? I know. They were like They're freaking out over Pete Davidson. They're more mad about Pete Davidson. They're busy. They're still celebrating the Pete Davidson removal. Well, they care more about Kaya, no offense. That's my <gasps> that's my that's my thought. Moving on. Amber Rose got her kids' names tattooed on her forehead, dot dot dot, as a fan reveals the model paid for her purchases after her card was declined. Well, the second part's nice. The first part is Amber Rose got her kids' names tattooed on her head. And I would say they're in a place where your hair could cover it, but she doesn't have hair. So they're out there. It's kind of, I don't hate, I don't hate it because it it is above it. It's like the hairline. Right. You can always, if you don't want to, if you don't want to show it, she can cover it up. Well, maybe she's like going to grow out her hair or like. Yeah. What, maybe she's going to have a long hair moment via wigs or whatever. Like, you can't really do anything to... Co- like, if what's-his-name Gerber decides that he regrets this tattoo and wants to cover it up later, it will be difficult for him to do that. Like, I guess makeup, whatever. But, like, Amber Heard can... Anytime she's like, I'm sick of this aesthetic, she could just put on a wig or something and then it's fine. Right. So right. I, I wouldn't even call this a face tattoo. It's a head tattoo. You know? It's a head tattoo. It's a full. It's a forehead tattoo. It's a forehead just tattoo. Just definitely on your face. So anyway, this woman, not your kitty cosplay, uh, posted a photo with Amber Heard at some store. Looks like a Spencer's, honestly, or maybe a Hot Topic. And it says, I was just shopping at Dolls Kill. Okay, so that's what it is. Dolls Kill. My card do- got declined because I uh, forgot to tell my bank I was leaving the state. I walked away to call them and the cashier walked up with me to my bag and said, this is for you from Amber Rose. LA is Aww. wild, y'all. Amber paid for that's so nice. That's That's honestly the nicest thing. I think Amber Rose is like net good, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't really know anything about her until she started just like doing stuff that like seemed good to me. Net good. Okay. Always a sucker for a celebrity paying for a thing because it to me it's like that's like the bare minimum of what you should be doing, you know? And it's like. And last night, I think I made a good point. I mean, I think this is not, this is obvious, but it's really funny how the richer you get, the less you have to pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like, Rich people get a lot of free stuff. Yeah. And they do, they shouldn't get free stuff because they're rich, you know? That should not be part of it. But it it sucks all of that those, rich people get All free of those stuff. lux things that they get to take advantage of are typically extremely free. Like whenever right. they fly in a private jet, often very free. Whenever they like get this new like the their great skincare products, often it's free. It's given to them so that they can Instagram right. it. Like all of this stuff there comes up, you reach, you hit a threshold and then like everything is free. So good for it's just Amber. A weird, Amber. It's just a weird thing that happens to famous people and rich people, even just rich people who aren't famous. Yeah. When you get it to be a certain point rich, people give you free stuff. Well, when you go to and a restaurant you, and then it's like, oh right. no, the manager took care of this. And it's like, no, but they can no, afford to pay you. Yeah, right, right. More rich people should pay for poor people's stuff or anyone's stuff. Pay for my shit. That's got to be like, I don't know. I feel like that would be one of the great joys of being rich. Like, right. And not even and not even in an entirely selfless way, like in a selfish way. Wouldn't you want to be doing that? Isn't that a really good feeling to like, isn't that probably arguably yeah. one of the best feelings? Because A, you get recognized and then you fulfill that sort of like self-involved, self-indulgent need to be recognized and loved. But then B, you get the satisfaction of like paying for someone who doesn't have enough money as you. Like, yeah. If you were rich, why wouldn't you be giving money away all the time? Yeah. Like in selfishly, person? generosity it does give you a little bit of that serotonin. Yeah, boost. that's what I'm saying. It's a selfish. It can be a selfish behavior. A lot of people do good things because it makes them feel better about themselves in a po- in a way that is associated with negative stuff, but actually can be positive. You still get that kind yeah. of emotional boost. I just love. I lo- I love that. There's something about something about this story. Like really, it it touched. It's me. nice. Amber Rose. Good for Amber Rose. Amber Rose has been through it. And now she's like, you know what? I'm in a good place. I know. It's true. Um, Me, I'm I'm looking at her for a tattoo being like, fine. Yeah, truly. I know you saw this Luke Evans goes Instagram official with boyfriend Rafael Alara and you were like, get it out of here. I think that's That's homophobic, Lindsay. Just kidding. It's not homophobic. My Um, eyes glazed over and I was like, oh, well, let Bobby handle this story. It's it's, it's not homophobic, but get it off here. It's not a story. (laughs) I just. It's not a story. Yeah. What do you have to say about I, this? There's just nothing. You have no story. There's no story. It's just like, just Jared is like, I guess it's just real two hunky white dudes with the exact same body. And it's like, 
And Luke captions it, he loves my Welsh humor. No, honestly, he does. And then it's like, hashtag happiness. And it's just these two dudes with giant biceps being like, they're so cute. But it's like, we know nothing about this guy. It's just so thirsty anytime Luke Evans is with a guy. There's no okay. details about this person. <laughs> so what's the story? Who is he? He's the art director of Faina, a luxury hotel group with locations in Miami Beach, Beach and Buenos Aires. He was covered by Mr. Porter uh, last year. Uh-huh. In a story called Why the Why This Design Insider Has the Best Job in Miami, Faina art director Mr. Rafa Olara takes us on a tour of his favorite spots in the city, sporting the new Loriotto Absolute from Grand... No, there's nothing to say about these people. This Luke is Evans just is just... Like not right. I love, I love Luke Evans as a figure. Because society really... Society still does not really know what to do with hunky gay celebrities. Like, it's like, how do we this cover these hot, people? Though. He's hot. That's it. It's like he's hot, and there's a sort of like there's almost there's almost like a virtue signaling involved here. It's like I guess we have to cover this too because it's gay and like we cover boring straight relationships. So why shouldn't we cover boring oh, gay relationships? You're saying that you and I are virtue signaling. No, right I'm not now? saying we. No, I'm not saying we're virtue signaling. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying the coverage of gay relationships is just funny. Jared is virtue signaling. Right. It's funny because it's like. We can make fun of Leonardo DiCaprio having another boring relationship because boring straight relationships have been happening since, you know, for time immemorial. But like boring gay relationships, we still sort of have to quietly be like, we ship them, even though we're we're like, who is this person? Like, what? Right. Like, it's still so new that we're trying to be polite and that the manifestation of that politeness is really funny because it's like, look at Luke Evans and his hunky boyfriend. And it's like, we don't, what? You don't have to we do this. Them. It's we very like them. Anton Shiger, like, you don't have to do this. Like, it's like, you don't have to do this. Okay. In other, I, I paired this with just like other boring relationship shit that like doesn't warrant getting into, which was three things or four things. GEZ and Megan the Stallion were like there were photos and videos of them that they posted kind of getting close, getting a little hot and heavy and they're not da- and then she was like we're not dating. No. G-Eazy is G-Eazy fucking everywhere. Yeah. He is everywhere in terms of l- kind of just trying to get into people's pants and having relationships with them right yeah we never explain like Jeezy sucks like the thing that we haven't talked yeah we always make fun of Halsey but also Halsey was like Jeezy was abusive she called him abusive and didn't really go into it well also Lana called kind of called him out for being a shitty boyfriend Lana's kind of like people say that he sucks and I feel like it it reads to me that like people are that people are I don't know it's like they're nervous about giving a the full story i don't know like they're intimidated by him for some reason like he right. really does seem like he sucks and the and the vagueness with which these women have talked about him is like telling to me maybe i'm maybe i'm being like i'm reading too far into it but it really does seem like this guy is a piece of shit so good for megan get away from him get away from he him. he does seem bad yeah i think everybody when they saw that they were like no and she maybe readjusted her she adjusted the algorithm and was like, no, we're not. We're yeah. not, we're not, da- you know, maybe yeah. we like smooched that night, but we definitely, yeah, I'm not smooched. dating this like, I'm not dating this like fuck boy and truly in the sense of the meaning of fuck boy mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay, it's time to do Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay, Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? I did not see this until you pasted it in. Oh my God, good for her. Good for her. Read a tweet. Read the tweet. Oh my God. It's a it's Remember? a it's a throwback Thursday, but it's also it's a TBT or a flashback, but it's also self promo, per- performing my song. So it's four photos, three photos of her at last year's Oscars, or five years ago Oscars, whenever she did Grateful, which is a Diane Warren song, it's and then so a final photo like of her holding. It was like 2015 Oscars, and then a photo of her from much later holding a bottle of Prospero tequila. And it says, performing my song Grateful at the Oscars, the year it was nominated, will remain a highlight of my career. Good luck and congratulations to all the nominees tonight. I hope you enjoy my hashtag Prospero Tequila that's inside the nominee gift bags. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but Diane Warren's Grateful sung by Rita Ora m- makes uh, the Chrissy Metz Diane Warren song look like even more trash than it already is. Like, compa- <laughs> seriously, like, Grateful is actually a pretty good song pretty compared good. to compared to that one we didn't even know what we had until you know we had to listen to Chrissy yeah. Metz sing whatever rise up whatever it was like stand up there are two songs stand about up. standing there are two songs about standing that's stand too, too up many. sit down no this was from the 2014 or 15 Oscars because that's we didn't when talk about it the gift, lights came out the gift bag had $225,000 worth of stuff in it I mean like a lot okay, of it is like vouchers but, for things right no it's not actually the value of the stuff inside it's Literally, maybe three grand of shit, like mostly watches and and uh, sunglasses they want you to wear but to promote the, it. But it's the cruise. Yeah, it's the vouchers it's the that, vouchers, you, that yeah. celebrities will never use. They maybe will give to their family members or friends. I'm dying. I like that's. I I please. I would love to be nominated for an Oscar just so I could get the bag. I just <laughs> want the bag. You know, it's not bag. even. Do you know who gets them? Just the main people, not even everyone. Just. The nominees, just like Brad Pitt, who doesn't give a shit or want it. You no, know, but and the nominees, though. The nominees. Nomi- Is it all nominees? It's all Oscar nominees. No, I think they only give out like 10 bags. But it's for the Oscar nominees. But I think I don't think that they give out that many bags. I was watching some video about the guy. And the stupid thing is that it's, again, celebrities getting free stuff. But all they want is to have you wear it or use it or promote it or be photographed in it. They only give it to Best Actor, Best Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting yeah. Actress, and Best Director. Well, I got to get a nomination for Best, I don't know, Supporting Actor. I got yeah, go to say, I gotta go to acting likely, school. What's the most likely one for you to get at this point I got to go to acting life? school. It's non-directing. <laughs> yeah, I got to get a Supporting Actor director. nomination in something. So it's going to be Supporting Actor is what you're going to get a nomination yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what I'll get a nomination for. And then I can get what did what did they get this year? Wait, look at this. They got they, they got, got like sunglasses. They got a seventy eight thousand dollar twelve day yacht cruise, twenty thousand dollars of facial rejuvenation treatments, twenty thousand dollars in matchmaking services, which is so funny. And then there's another further like almost eighty items. This is quoting from what Hollywood Reporter, including clothing, gadgets, a twenty four karat gold plated vape vape pen. Okay. And then there's a book that empowers young girls and a cleanser that supports showers for the homeless. Come on. It's these things. Give the money to the homeless. They're trying to get in the hands of the famous person to use them. And then the brand can be like they used it. It's the most. I bet the brands not only give the free shit, but they pay for the placement in the bag. Of course they do. Rita Ora's Prospero tequila paid to be in that bag. It's not because they were like. We love Rita Ora and we love this tequila. We're putting it in the bag. You know, it's a whole system of promotion here that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Speaking of. Back to Rita. I love. So we talked about the home line on last uh, on Monday's episode, Tuesday's episode. But and we were like, oh, we have to stop because we have to save it for Rita. Thank God. Because. But the headline is how we do they. Now fans can go to bed with Rita Ora. In case you imagine how much you have to know to know to get that headline. This story is wild. And it says, Rita Ora is taking on Kylie Minogue between the sheets. So they turn it into a fake uh, rivalry between Rita Ora's home line and Kylie Minogue's home line. For no reason. For no reason. For no reason. And it says, I miss this quote. And 29-year-old Rita insists she can be even softer than her fabrics, despite a hard-nosed business ambition. She said, quote, If I let people see the softer side of me, I wouldn't have to be so focused nor so determined. I just never wanted to chance success. I am, or up to this point have been, an obsessive workaholic, and I wear that label proudly. Wow, I didn't oh, and then there's... She also says, as I have a hectic schedule, I love being able to relax in beautiful bedding and collection. <laughs> this collection encapsulates luxury style and comfort. Interiors are a passion of mine, she says. What isn't? No offense, Rita, but what isn't? Rita has a lot of passions. Um, she turned up the heat in a sheer ripped red dress. Oh, this is from what? This is from Inquis- this is from Inquisitor. They describe every photo in they the carousel. <laughs> so it says she turns up the heat in a sheer red ripped dress, and it says she turned up the heat in her latest Instagram snaps, where she was photographed wearing a fiery number. The "I will never let you down" songstress wowed in a long sleeve red dress that was ripped all over. The you sheer item of clothing of displayed her underwear underneath blah blah. blah. So it says. In a series of pics within one post, she posed in two different locations. And then they describe all four photos. In the first shot, she was captured in front of a shelf full of books. The singer raised both hands up and looked over to her left. In the next slide, 
the How We Do Party Chart Topper stretched her arms, crossed them over, and rested them on the wooden surface in front of her. This is like me in college when it's like, this has to be 800 words. I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) In the third, Aura posed while sitting down on the sofa with more books behind her. In a fairly up-close image, she winked at the camera, opened her mouth, and raised her tongue. In the fourth and final photo, she was pictured from head to toe. She curled her legs up on the sofa and flashed a smile with her mouth wide open. Aura had her no! hands on the laptop in front of her and looked really happy. <laughs> it's so good. And then they describe the caption. For her caption, Aura told fans that she has more live dates for her South America tour <laughs> below. She credited her makeup artist Kathy Young, hairstylist Sammy Knight, and photographer Blair Brown in the span of one hour, which means that they are on it. Her post racked up 180,000 likes and over 1,300 comments, proving to be an instant hit with her 16 million followers. Flawless as always. Love a lady Do not read these. Do not read these. Oh, Jesus. Too pretty for my eyes, a third fan remarked, adding a flame emoji. (laughs) Okay, we need to. Now that's a true definition of a lady in red, a fourth admirer commented. I need to be turned off. Turn me off. My, My head hurts. (laughs) <laughs> My thank you hurts. for listening to Who Weekly. Thank you for watching Katie Keen on the CW. Um, thank you for supporting us on Patreon.com slash Who Weekly. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, we got some good ones last week. They're just so sweet. Um, and call 619-WHO-THEM for questions, comments, and concerns. We might play them on a future episode of Who's There, which is our Friday call-in show. Until Friday, have a great week. Bye. Bye. You will drive us. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Katie Keen on Thursdays at 8, 7 central or stream free the next day on The CW app. We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store on the most recent season of Real Housewives of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. <laughs> Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots, huge. On the line dancing huge floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm-hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets the perfect jeans performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it they'll get you outfitted they believe in western for all and you can feel that when you go into their stores when you walk in you'll be greeted like family i saw them do it to the girlies from the real house of potomac it seemed like they were being greeted like family you'll be offered a boot shine and a drink yes even the hard stuff if you prefer and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots but if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west.